Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Jordan Oppett back again from TVNZ Sport, filling in for Frankie Mackay. And look, it's been a big week of sport in Canterbury, and there's a bigger weekend coming right up. The Crusaders playing tonight against the Chiefs, and I am absolutely fizzing. Because here's some, uh, I guess, news or... uh, you know, personal facts you didn't ask for, but you're absolutely going to get. And I can't lose. That's because I'm a Cantab now, having lived here for the past eight years, but I was actually born in Pukekohe. And before Auckland became a super city, we were part of Waikato. So I grew up supporting the Chiefs and claim, you know, from then on, basically when we became a super city in our household, in the Oppet household, we claimed we were from northern Waikato. How good is that? But look, whether you drink spates or Waikato, it's going to be a super rugby classic. The most, the most rather successful team in super rugby history, Crusaders, up against this year's front runners who are in sublime form, the Chiefs. Bring it on. So many good storylines and arcs to go there. Personally looking forward to the Richie Moonga versus Damien McKenzie and to see if uh, Damien, Damien McKenzie uh, continues that form under you know these circumstances. Two of the best teams going at it. But a bit closer to home, starting tomorrow night, the Tactics have a double header at Christchurch Arena. Playing the Mystics tomorrow and the Pulse on Monday, there's only four home games left. If you're not following, if you're following the ANZ Premiership rather, you'll know just how wildly competitive 2023 is. And if you're not, you're missing out. Tapai, yep. thank you so much for joining us. How's the team feeling heading into this weekend's double header? Yeah, we're feeling really good actually. We've had a couple um, really solid, um, tough trainings this week, and we've gone over a lot of the stuff that we really been wanting to work on um, from the last few games. So I think we're in a good, um, yeah, we're in a good place at the moment. How valuable are back-to-back home games at this point of the season? And I guess just how much of an impact does a home crowd have? Yeah, definitely. Home crowd advantage is huge for us. Um, We've had some really good wins at home in the past and they really get behind us, um, especially in those tight moments. So we love playing at home. But for us, um, two really tough games and um, it'll be really good to get, um, if we can get two wins, we've put ourselves in a really good position going forward um, for the rest of the competition. So we're really, um, yeah, we're really wanting to take both those games. Yeah, I mean, I was watching that Stars Mystics game last week, and holy heck, can you remember a season this competitive? No, it's crazy how tight it is. Um, Anyone could be in in that top three, Um, but it's good because it makes it good for good viewing. Um, All the games are really tough. Um, We're we're getting better um, as players from having these games. So although it's so nerve-wracking for us and we really just want to push ahead um, and be comfortable, it's also a good challenge for us being in this position. Yeah, second on the ladder right now. What do you think it is that's working for the tactics in 2023? Because there's some really good stuff happening out on court this season. Yeah, I think we've got um, a lot of experience. We've got um, Jane back, which has been really good. We've got Aaliyah that's come down, which has really added to the experience of our team. Um, We've got a really good team culture. We really enjoy um, playing with each other. And I think out on court, um, when things aren't working really easily for us, um, we're really good at just um, holding on to the ball and um, making it work, whatever that looks like. So... We've had a few ugly wins, but um, we take those wins and it makes us better for the next game. Ugly wins. I always love that saying. Um, You touched (laughs) on having Alia. How how has that been for you, I guess, because you're the one that's working with her in that shooting circle. How have you found it? Yeah, I'm really lucky. It's been really good. Um, I've been really lucky to work with so many different shooters in my career and she's um, completely different to everyone I've played with. She's really dynamic. She's powerful. um, She's strong, so... It definitely makes my job a lot easier. 
You talked about some work-ons earlier um, at the start of the interview. What are they, I guess, coming forward? Because for a while there, it was getting the last quarter right. You seem to be nailing that as of late, and then it was getting the start right. So what is it, sort of, the work-ons at the moment? Um, We've really been working on um, attacking the circle edge in our attacking end. We really want to have that direct um, route to the circle. Um, I think we've done a good job at just holding on to position and passing it around, but we think there's potential for us to be even better and be really, um, you know, fast and dynamic and attack the circle edge um, so we can get that good circle edge ball, which makes the ball into the shooter so much easier. So, yeah, we've done a lot of work on that this week and also um, working through different defensive styles. We know the Mystics can play good man and they can play really good space there as well. So we've just been um, working on sort of just getting through that. And personally yourself, you're playing some phenomenal netball. Your stats are out the gate. Um, how, how are you kind of feeling about that? And I guess, have you done anything different this season or is it just all kind of coming together? Yeah, I think um, it's been building over the last um, few seasons. I've been here for a, a few, I think this is my fourth season now, and I'm um, working with some really good people around me and I'm just able to just do my job. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, I'm really lucky to play with Aaliyah. She's brought something different um, to my game as well, so I can sort of um, not just be the one outside the circle. I can sort of come in and post up, and she can take on that role. So we can do a bit of interchanging, and I think Kimmy's done, also done a really good job. Um, Kimmy and Laura have done a really good job around me as well, so really lucky. You've had a couple of games, you and Ali, where you've been on 100%. Tell me, do you actually know throughout the game if you're, if you're on target for something like that, and do you pay attention to it, or is it something that you just look back after the game and like, wow, that was good? Sometimes you actually forget, like, oh, did I, how many did I miss in that game? But you definitely, you know if you haven't missed any shots, but I try not to um, focus on it too much. I try and just keep playing because otherwise, if you focus on it, I don't know, you probably jinx yourself and yeah. <laughs> it's no good. But, yeah, I just try and just keep focusing on one thing and try and do that really well. Um, yeah. And I know that Aaliyah's, we've had some pretty good um, effective rebound stats this year, so I know that if I miss, that she's probably going to get my rebound. So, yeah, pretty yeah. good. It's also a massive year ahead, the World Cup around the corner. Is that something in the back of your mind, and do you feel any pressure from that? Um, I actually, to be honest, not too much pressure. Um, I know a lot of people talk about in you know big pinnacle years, um, you know, the, the fact that we're, we're playing towards that. But for me, I really just try and focus on tactics and hope that if I do my job really well here, then that, that will come. If not, then i just got to be better and um, keep working. But yeah, obviously... Everyone wants to be at the World Cup. It's such a huge, amazing event um, for anyone's netball career. But like I said, I just really try and um, focus on our team and what and doing the best for our team. And just lastly, TP, do you think you've got the roster this year to go all the way with the tactics? Yeah, definitely, 100%. We're pretty lucky this year. We've got some um, a really um, well-rounded and experienced team. We've even got um, an English girl in our team, which has brought something different too. So, yeah, definitely got the team to do it. Brilliant. Well, all the best uh, this weekend for two games back-to-back at Christchurch Arena. Um, everyone needs to get down there. It'll be such a good such good games. Um, that's to play us, Albie Rickett. Goal attack for the tactics. Thanks so much. Thank you. Time for your local sports update. Thanks to Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life.
Sam Whitelock will play his 350th first-class rugby match when the Crusaders take on the Chiefs in Hamilton tonight. That's a 7.05 kickoff. Crusaders assistant coach Scott Hansen will join Razor with the All Blacks post-World Cup. Hansen's one of four assistants named by Razor and NZR earlier this week. Jason Ryan is the only current assistant who'll stay on beyond the this season and the World Cup alongside Scott Hansen, Leon McDonald and Jason Holland. So a very big Cantab flair there. Uh, Canterbury Ram Ty Winyard signed a landmark deal to play three-on-three in China, a contract reportedly worth close to a quarter of a million dollars. His replacement at the Rams is yet to be confirmed, but you'd have to say right now with the results they're getting, they'll have a bit of pulling power. Um, and it's it's understood he was scouted actually at the last Olympics and that's when three-on-three made its debut, so how cool is that? Uh, the Black Sticks Pro League series continues in Christchurch with rematches against Australia this weekend. On Anzac Day, the women went down 2-1, leading for 45, I think, minutes of the match it was. So a really solid performance from them. The men, unfortunately, went down 4-0, having not won and since 2016 against them. So plenty to play for this weekend. Worth getting down there if you can. Uh, 21-year-old amateur golfer Kazuma Kobori is one step closer to going pro after winning the Q School final playoff in Queensland, stunning a really strong, experienced crowd. When not touring the world, you can find him at Rusley or Pegasus courses here in Christchurch. Uh, nine school rowers from Christchurch, including two we had on the show a few weeks ago, actually, are Paris-bound for the upcoming World Champs following strong Mardi Cup performances. They'll row on the very same course our rowers will compete on at next year's Olympics. That's your local sports update. Thanks to Trident Homes, proud supporters of the Trident Home tactics. Check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. Now to what's going on in Canterbury, Saturday the 29th of April and here's what's on the cards this weekend. The New Zealand Mountain Biking Orienteering Championships, well that's a mouthful, are on at Bottle Lake Forest this weekend. The old Forest Hamner 100 is on, a wee bit out of Christchurch and probably too late to enter. But pop it in your diary for next year. It's got a range of distances available, and what I liked, it says it's fully achievable, according to the event bio. How good would a soak be in the hot springs after? Uh, Relay for Life is on in Selwyn today, a 24-hour team relay raising funds for cancer, starting at 10am at Brookside Park. Always a special uh, day and event. The Christchurch Gypsy Fair is on at the Richmond Village Green. The Christchurch Armageddon Festival's on at the Town Hall all weekend long. Get your geek on. Brass of the East for the People of the North, a benefit concert to help raise much-needed funds for the people in the North Island who have suffered such great losses because of Cyclone Gabrielle. That's at the Salvation Army Citadel from 4 to 6 this evening. Now, this one's R18 and only because of alcohol. Come on, get your head out of the gutter. From 5 to 9 tonight, there's a Dark Spirits and Cocktails Festival. Celebrate the art of cocktails and craft spirits at and dark spirits with three unique sessions. There's live music, food vendors and distiller meet and greets. That's at Majestic on Durham Street. Tomorrow there's a multi-sport have-a-go day. The day will feature five sports, kiorahi, netball, cricket, ultimate frisbee and futsal. Prizes and giveaways, coffee, ice cream, saucy sizzle, how good. That's from 10 to 4 at the Christchurch Netball Courts tomorrow. 
And tomorrow there's also an orange bike ride for Dutch Week happening next week. A 4K bike ride from the Canterbury University to North Hagley Park and around the golf club. It officially starts at 10, but they'll have mini groups. I guess you call them mini pelotons, don't you? Going every 15 minutes. You're encouraged to obviously dress in orange. And there's a wee quiz-like scenario on the way, which I couldn't quite work out, but it sounds bloody fun, uh, where you can win spot prizes along the way. And it's free. You'd be surprised just what's on and how much is on. Plenty of things to see and do. As always, my top tip, head to the Christchurch City Council's website, click on what's on, because there really is something for everyone. And no, this is not sponsored, but it may as well may as well be. We're missing an opportunity there. Welcome back. It's Jordan Oppett filling in for Frankie Mackay here on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Now, I'm all about niche sports, and they arguably don't come more niche than this. Roller derby. Yeah. And for the first time ever, well believed to be anyway, we're sending a New Zealand team to the Junior World Cup. And there's a strong Christchurch flavour to it. For more, we're joined by coach Sarah Perkins. Sarah, just talk me through the process of getting the team to the Junior World Cup. Uh, so it's been quite a process. We decided really late in the piece that it was something we wanted to do. We were invited by the World Cup to participate if we wanted to. Um, and then I guess just a small group of coaches from around New Zealand were like, yes, we're going to make this happen. Um, and we've come together with a whole pile of our parents of skaters um, and some really amazing a group of coaches and a group of about four or five people that have really pulled together to be able to get our juniors to France. Wow. And so where have all of your skaters come from? Are they across the country? Yeah, so we've got skaters across the whole country. We have some from Napier, Hamilton, New Plymouth, Christchurch. Yeah, so all across sort of um, New Zealand, I believe, Rotorua as well. And I guess a trip like this doesn't come cheap to get everyone overseas. So how are you guys funding that? And I guess, um, yeah, what does that look like? Um, So for us, we have... We're doing a lot of fundraising. We have also had amazing support via one of our amazing parents in Napier. Um, the Napier community has really come behind with um, small businesses donating quite a bit. Um, we've been successful with a grant. Um, and we also have a given little page um, uh, for New Zealand Junior Roller Derby. Brilliant. And for those who don't know Roller Derby, like, what is the aim of the game and just how does it work? So I guess the aim of the game is you have a couple of people that we call jammers and they wear stars on their helmets. And the object of the game is for our jammer to get through what we call a set of four blockers. Um, So our jammer has to get through the other's blockers and the opposite team jammer has to get through our blockers. And so um, once they get through and they can be hit out, it's a full contact sport, so they can be hit, um, there are a few legalities there, but hit out, that kind of thing. They have to try and get through. When they come back round, that's when they start to score points. Um, so, yeah, a full contact sport with lots of fun. That would explain why I've seen some gnarly hits um, on highlights videos. Like, it's body on the line type stuff, isn't it? Like, it can be quite physical. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I've been sent flying across the track, so it'll be really interesting this weekend to, for them to start practising that as well together as a team and being able to help their jammer through as well as stopping an opposing jammer getting through as well. 
And what kind of like speeds are we talking at on skates? Like that can't be easy in itself. Uh, relatively fast. Um, yeah, it, it can be quite fast paced, especially if the pack's moving quite fast. Um, definitely some skill on skates. Definitely some skill on skates. Hopefully a few jumps and things like that as well. We might see um, throughout the competition. Wow, and just on the team, so how many are involved and I guess what sort of ages are they? Are they? Um, so we have 19 skaters that will be representing New Zealand, ranging from around about 15 to 18 years old. Um, so once they pass 18, they turn sort of and go to adult junior leagues and then obviously we do have a Team New Zealand adult team as well who goes to World Cups. This is the first time ever New Zealand has sent a team to the Junior World Cup, so it's our first ever team. So we have 19 skaters going. Um, it is mixed gender, um, and we have three, we have four amazing coaches going as well. Wow. And so this weekend you're in Christchurch for a bit of a training camp. Is this the first time um, you'll all be together? And I guess how important is that to get this time as a team? Yeah, so the first time we've ever trained together will be Christchurch this weekend. Um, And then we have two more together at the moment planned before we go to France. So they're really important. It's the one chance where we all get together and put everything that we've been working on separately all together and start to come together as a team. So I think it's really exciting for um, all the skaters this weekend to get together and kind of meet each other, start to form a team, as well as um, work on those skills and strategy. And excuse my ignorance potentially here, but how big is the sport here in New Zealand? Yeah, relatively big um, from an adult perspective. Juniors are really just starting to come up and really becoming involved. We do do, there is a New Zealand junior tournament that's run once a year and has been run for quite a few years now, um, which is a lot of fun for our juniors in New Zealand. Um, So a lot of the different adult leagues within New Zealand um, will or hopefully we would love to see every league in New Zealand have a junior component to their league. So... Um, yeah, these juniors can experience and enjoy roller derby as much as the adults do. Yeah, and I guess the fact that there's a world champs shows around the world, it's massive too. Like, is it just, what is it, I guess, that experience going to be like going from New Zealand where, as you say, the junior game is sort of just developing, but overseas it's massive? Yeah, it is massive and that will be a really, an amazing, amazing experience for our juniors to compete Um at a full contact level. Um, there's seven other countries, I believe, at this stage competing in the World Cup in France. Um, so it'll be really interesting. It is very, very huge junior throughout the world. Um, yeah, so we can't wait and um, just experience that and get our skaters and see, see I guess, where we, where we are in the world and, um, yeah, what we can do. Yeah, and I guess you've obviously been doing like how long? What's your like skating background? How long have you been um, doing it for? And I guess at what point did you get into coaching as well? Uh, so I sort of started. I didn't know anything about skating when I first started, so you don't need to know how to skate. I was taught everything. Um, I skated probably I'm thinking maybe six, seven years I've been um, a part of Gideon Derby in Christchurch Um, and so I skated for a few um, and then I just ended up 
helping and supporting and starting with the junior derby league that we have here, um, down here. And now I coach and I also help coach and bench coach um, our two adult leagues as well. Wow. And so here in Christchurch, like I know we talked about in New Zealand, it's growing and the, and the senior game is quite big. But in Christchurch, have we got quite a big, have we got quite a big scene here? Um, yeah, there is. So there's two leagues within Christchurch, so Dead End Derby and Oshahi. Um So yeah, definitely, um, definitely throughout Christchurch and throughout New Zealand, it is, there are quite a few leagues that do compete together and there's some amazing talent out there as well. And the other thing, Sarah, I understand nicknames are quite a big thing in this sport and everyone has quite creative ones. Like is your, I got told, Scary Cola? Yeah, so um, my name's Scary Cola. Um, I really love Cherry Coke, so it's a play on those words. Um, yeah, so each of the skaters do have, um, yeah, names that I guess represent who they feel they are and what is important them. That is so cool. So each person gets to kind of come up with their own name that they are known by in derby, roller derby circles. Yeah, yeah. So they have their own name and their own number that's specific to them. Um, oh, that is so, so cool. On their back and that kind of thing, you'll see their name and number. Yeah. yeah. I love Heaps that. Yeah, it sounds it. When I got told Scary Cola, I loved that. Um, my question, next question is, for people who want to get involved, um, where do they start? I mean, what what's a good starting point? I guess um, um, going along, asking around if, if your league near you does do junior skating or if it's something that they would be interested in starting teaching junior skating. Um, otherwise, there are a lot of people that do teach you how to skate and then joining a league when you can, just the difference between, um, yeah, learning about derby and that full contact versus just skating along the road and that kind of thing. But, yeah, just pick up a pair of skates and get on and enjoy skating and, yeah, see where it leads you. And for someone who's got terrible coordination like myself, what is the key to actually being able to get on skates? Ah. Uh, so I guess, like I said, when I first started, had never skated, never done anything. And I just, um, I guess I was just taught by other skaters. So we all sort of, we all pitch in as a league and help teach um, and help support all of our skaters. Um, and they just have taught me and supported me with everything from learning to skate right through to um, coaching and learning drills and being, I guess, being able to now be team manager and one of the, um, one of the coaches heading to France. So cool. Thank you, Sarah, so yeah. much for your time. I love it. And I have actually noticed, um, prior to, p- to picking this up, I've noticed more people on skates around Hagley Park as well when you're going for a run or a walk. Like, a lot of people now are getting back on skates, and it's quite cool to see. So thanks so much for your time, and um, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, rather than a panel this week, we're bringing you an extra interview, and this segment's proudly sponsored by Melray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. So as we mentioned, current Crusaders assistant coach Scott Hansen will follow Razor to the All Blacks, one of four assistants named in Scott Robertson's coaching group earlier this week. We thought it was the perfect opportunity to go back to where it all started for Hansen, which was Linwood Rugby Club. Before we speak to Sam Jack, let's hear what Scott Hansen had to say to Ian Smith yesterday morning. 
Well, the big news this week has been the confirmation of uh, Scott Robertson's coaching staff for when he takes over as the All Blacks head coach, uh, and that will be around uh, November the 1st after the upcoming World Cup. Uh, included in uh, that group uh, is uh, a man who's been with him in the trenches for the Crusaders, Scott Hansen, who will uh, oversee the defence. That will be his portfolio. Before that, though, there's the business of trying to beat the Chiefs, uh, turn around the, the round one result uh, of uh, earlier in the season, a game which will in- also include the 350th first-class appearance for one of the great Iron Men of New Zealand rugby and Sam Whitelock. Uh, Scott has been uh, kind enough to join us for a few minutes ahead of their captain's run. Uh, Scott, good morning to you and thanks for your time. Hey, good morning, Smithy. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really cool, man. Uh, hey, did it take much thinking about? Did you mull it over for a long time, the new appointment? Oh, it was obviously uh, an honour to be involved in the conversation and, and also the process and then um, for raise it off the um, the hand really around being involved in his coaching staff. So massive privilege and honour and um, it was nice this week to be able to share that news uh, with friends and family and and also now be able to move forward and allow the group that's there the time and space that they need to um, set up a, what we all hope is a successful year. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think that's hugely important. Um, there's so much business at hand there. The defence portfolio suits you. Uh, tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, well, my, my background first, Smithy, was you know through um, the Sunwolves and then with Japan at the World Cup defensively. So I'm very comfortable that side of the ball. Um, I'm understanding of what... Uh, test match footy um, involves around physicality and mentality so I'm looking forward to the new role and working with the coaches and you know, I believe defence has a, um, a real ability to influence a game so I'm looking forward to that. So uh, I mean the, the whole group are heavily involved uh, I guess with, uh, with the exception of uh, Jason Ryan who's got business at hand with the All Blacks uh, as we speak but the whole group is still, still heavily invested and um, you know the Super Rugby campaign going forward, Scott. I just wonder how how easy it's going to be for you to divorce yourself from your, your future product as opposed to your current one. Oh man, I reckon really easy because all my energy and commitments here with the Crusaders, just like it is with Leon at the Blues and Alfie at the Hurricanes. So um, we're coming in each day and we're looking at our players, and they want us to be there for them mentally in every way we can be and we will be uh, this weekend what that looks like for the Crusaders is a massive opportunity against the Chiefs who I personally believe are the best team in the competition at the moment um, we need this game Smithy we need to see where we're at some of our players need to see where their games are at and we'll learn a lot from this game Well they got you in uh, round one and uh, it was pretty convincing con- con- you know, considering it was on your home patch um, so what have you learned? Where, where have you developed from that point? Well, I think just the balance in our game, Smithy, and, and to be fair, they did get us at home and they got us pretty well. To be fair to say they beat us up. So uh, we've acknowledged some of our learnings in the last number of weeks. We showed a little bit of resilience around our squad depth and, and where we've got. It'd be fair to say we haven't uh, been at our best, but we've got what we need in regard to some results. So... As I said, mate, this is a big one. Um, our players are excited for it, and it's going to be a good, super tough game of rugby. 
Yeah, and uh, I think uh, I think it will as well. And I, I think that uh, uh, the competition really needs it. I, I think they're so looking forward to this uh, this matchup, Scott. Um, they have dangers, of course. Uh, you, you mentioned you, you believe that they're probably the best side in the competition. Their record says that. Uh, they score a lot of points, particularly uh, they're outside their back three have been operating beautifully in terms of finishing. Uh, you've put uh, Dallas McLeod on the wing. That's an interesting move for some. Yeah, well, what he's going to give us, mate, is a strong carry. He's going to give us good work both in the air and on the ground. Uh, defensively, connects well with the midfielders. He's got a massive work rate. It's just a game we feel um, Dallas suits for this one and what, how we want to play. Um, he's a guy that has performed really well this year and he's earned that opportunity. We're excited for him, just as we are excited for Sammy on his 350th also. So there's a couple of little special things happening during the game around uh, milestones for people. So as you said, mate, it's going to be an outstanding said day for a number of people. Where's, uh, I see Jack Goodhue on the bench, uh, Scott. Where, where is he at? He's had a terrible run of injuries, etc. So, uh, obviously, the fact that he's uh, there or thereabouts means he's pretty close to being fully back. Yeah, we just feel again uh, what's best for the squad and Jack in this particular case is to bring him from the bench and use his experience that way. He is still coming back from um, an extended run of injuries. And it's just how we care for him and how we build him back into um, his game. But he's looking very good at the moment at training. Um, he's sharing a lot of information with the group around his experiences. Uh, he's moving well, and we're excited to get Jack um, on the field from the bench this week. Well, I, I imagine that uh, Damien McKenzie would give quite a few defensive coaches uh, a few headaches. Uh, his form has been quite sublime so far. He's been uh, one of the reasons the Chiefs are flying so high. Um, I just wonder, when you look at a guy like uh, Damien McKenzie, um, do you, uh, how closely do you study the defensive side of things? Yeah, well, um, Tom's here defensively is doing a great job around lining up our week and what that looks like. Um, we've acknowledged the great talent that DMAC has got. He really has returned from his time at Suntory back into the game here, and, and he's shown a lot of growth around uh, his role as a 10. Um, so we know that he's a threat, not only with ball in hand, but he's very brave. Uh, he uses kicking game. We, we felt in the first game, um, he found a lot of backfield on us around his kicking game. So how we can limit that uh, will be important. And then obviously how we come and shut down time and space on DMAC. He's a very, very talented player. So just as much as that, how we influence people around him. Uh, I guess one of the one of the things uh, to help there would be to uh, uh, to minimise his time with ball in hand, uh, which means possession is going to be huge. Mate, exactly that. As you well know, um, it's an important thing around limiting talent. Let's take away that time and space, but just as importantly, how he gets the ball and what kind of quality he gets. Uh, we understand his world class and the challenge for us to cut down that time and space. Yeah. Right, let's uh, look at um, your the theory of defence. I mean, you, you, when you're looking at a defensive pattern, I mean, you're looking... Traditionally, people look at it and say, oh, it's a backline issue, defence, it's a backline issue. But it's not these days, is it? I mean, it's a, it's a jersey 1 through 15, or 1 through 23, actually, project that you've got. Yeah, very much so. What you're trying to do is create a DNA that the team can believe in. Uh, you want to create something that they can uh, control time and space, the collective, the working together, 
defence, as we all know, is a lot of a, a large part of that is at a general. And then you put a system around that the boys can believe in. The system has to be able to handle when being pressured and when not. So defensively for us this weekend um, will be really important around how we influence the Chiefs and just as much as that, the ball that we get from our defence, like all defence, the focus really needs to be getting the ball back. Scott, just uh, finally, one of the texts we get in quite frequently here is uh, everyone wants to see Will Jordan back uh, fit and healthy and available to play rugby. Can you give us a, a, a wee update on, on where are you, where he's at, Will? Yeah, well, I'm probably one of those guys sending you the text too, am I, Smithy? I'd like to see him back too, mate, like we all would. So, um, first, things, first things first, mate, like any anything in life, um, health's, health's the priority, and he's been very well looked after around his health and his um, symptoms around whether it be concussion. So uh, he's coming back, he's been training with us, he's looking good but we just have to give him all the time and space that he needs to make sure when he comes back he can be um, confident and at, a, at his best. He's got some very good people with him helping him do that. Scott, excellent. Uh, great news that uh, we, uh, we so look forward to his return. But more importantly, um, in the near future, we look forward to this clash. Uh, I think it's going to be the game of the round, perhaps the game of the season. So uh, all the best uh, travelling north, and uh, let's just uh, hope it goes as well as it can for you. Thank you. Uh, cheers, mate. Thanks for your time today, mate. You're obviously the club's rugby development officer. You must be stoked about the news with Scotty Henson. Yeah, certainly. Um, look, um, we're, we're, we're super proud of Scott. And, um, you know, just even from all the work that he did here at Limwood, um, during his tenure here um, in, in my role um, to what he went on to do with Canterbury and teams overseas, um, but more in particular with um, his achievements at the Crusaders and then now obviously getting the top job in the country, you know, it's um, it's something that we're, we're super proud of. What can you remember about, you know, his days at Linwood and with the Bulls and with, you know, being in the environment and just how much of an impact has he had on the club? Yeah, certainly, and... Um, um, probably one of his um, best recruits was obviously Richie Mwonga. Um, you know, he worked tirelessly with um, all, all the players, those that won, wanted um, high aspirations and higher honours, even just to the to your to your run of the mill club man. Um, he, he himself, um, Scott, was always really aspirational, and um, was always had a sort of a growth mindset on wanting to learn and, and become a better coach and. Um, better in that space and during his time here at Linwood he had a really difficult one because that was uh, during the time of the earthquakes and the community was um, pretty much devastated and we lost um, and so much of our of our um, local community at that time so really challenging um, aspects for him to go through at that time um, and obviously he, he came out the other side. Does he, does he still keep in contact with the club and vice versa? Yeah, he certainly does, and um, it's always great to see him, him and his boy, or him and his family down here at the club. Um, he's a busy man, as you know, but you know, on Crusader bye weekends and stuff, we um, we we love to have him down here, um, which is really important to us to keep that connection. Um, obviously, congratulating him during the week, and, and he, he's replied and just sort of proud that we're so proud of him as well, which is re- really lovely. You've had no shortage of players go to higher honours. I mean, you touched on one of the star products, Richie Moonga. But in terms of coaches, is Scott the first to, you know, to crack the Great All Blacks height as a coach? 
Yeah, um, we we did have a very famous coach here, um, Fred Allen, but he wasn't actually here yeah. when he, um, he he made it the, to the All Blacks. Um, but yeah, Scott, obviously that was uh, many years ago, but Scott Scott in more recent time has, has really um, taken that pathway and shown what um, hard work and, and persistence and like I alluded to before, you know, that whole learning and um, taking new ideas on board and opportunities like the willingness to even uproot and take your family all around the world to get those opportunities um, and experiences to then bring back um, when you move back home. So um, I suppose for, for, for coaches out there, it's, it's, it's a really nice story of um, how that could look. Yeah, because I guess, um, Sam, are there coaches out there that's, you know, because a lot of grassroots coaches are in it for the love of the game and they they like just being at that level, level. but do you still see coaches that may want to make a career out of it? Yeah, certainly, and I, and I think um, people can see that that has um, a potential there. You know, they do their, their world-level um, coaching courses, they get into the representative scene, um, and just, just as a player would, um, have a pathway and no stepping stones. Um, co- the the coaches have that similar sort of pathway, and um, and Scott's Scott's pretty much done that. You know, he um, he coached you know Canterbury under 18s and stuff before he got the um, the men's team, um, and then as I said before, he had those stints overseas um, and built built his um, coaching um, understanding in that, and then um, got the job back at the Crusaders in 2020. I spoke to Jason Ryan last week. I did a story with him at probably one of your rival clubs, Sydenham, so we won't talk on that for too long. Um, but he sort of highlighted the fact that there isn't really too much of a part, like a clear pathway for coaches from, you know, club to, to that level. Do you, what are you, in your opinion, do you think there's enough there or do you think there needs to be some more resourcing to help these coaches along the way? I mean, with people like Scott, we can see it's, it can be done and with Jason, but do you think there's the clear pathway there for coaches or do you think we're not quite there yet? Um, I suppose that's a tricky one too, isn't it? And it sort of it mm. sort of comes down to the, the coach and their aspirations. Um, yeah, it, I, I wouldn't like to say too much more on that, to be honest. It, it's... Yeah. Um, it's sort of down to the person, really, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in terms of Linwood, what do you think is the key to the club's ongoing success when it comes to all these amazing people going to higher honours? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I, I suppose for us, you know, we're really proud of our, our long history and um, we're always wanting to, to get better ourselves and that's right across the board from our juniors, right across to all of our men's and women's teams, our, our girls' teams. Um, you know, we're just really trying to provide opportunities for our community to connect and have a have a place in the community where, you know, everyone can do that um, with the vehicle or rugby. Um, and also for those guys and girls that are really aspirational, providing their expert coaching and, and those opportunities for them to, to aim for their goals. I love how you guys have been posting a lot about the women's game through your social channels as well. But have you seen growth in that space um, this season? Yeah, we certainly have. We um, we were lucky enough that we've got six girls representing uh, Manusina um, in their test against Tonga, uh, um, the curtain raiser to the Moana Pacifica game tomorrow. Um, and so six girls from Linwood involved in that. And also one is the captain and one is the vice captain. So, yeah, really, really, really proud of um, their achievements too. 
Yeah, it's so cool. And what are numbers like on the whole um, at Limwood? Are you seeing still lots of interest in that in the game? Yeah, we're we're to be fair, we're finding things pretty tricky in the junior space um, for a whole variety of reasons. Sort of on the on the on the back of COVID and other other things there, and, and parents working at weekends and financial barriers and things that we're sort of working through in our our community. But um, in the senior space, um, you know, we've seen real growth. We're, we're going to have an under-17 girls team this year for the first time ever. Um, we've got a combined premier reserve women's team. Um, we're healthy with our, our Colts men's, um, Div 1 and Div 2, and social and classics team. So um, the club's in a pretty good space at the moment, and, and that was recognised um, last year um, by the CRFU when we won Club of the Year. Awesome. And how's the um, Prem team shaping up this year? The, the the old Linwood Bulls who are on the bus because what a season and what a ride last year was. Yeah, I mean, we um, we had a really good season. We, we couldn't quite um, go all the way, which was a bit disappointing, but um, we've got the majority of the group back and we've, we've recruited um, um, some new players as well, which is exciting. And um, we've had a bit of a mixed start to the season um, with a win and a loss. Um, and we've got a really tough game against uh, New Brighton, which is a local derby for us, um, the next suburb over. So that'll be um, a really tough game for us this weekend. The thing I love, um, Sam, about Linwood is when you come there, there, there's always people. It's always full. It's always hissing in Linwood. How important is that culture aspect for the club? Yeah, no, it's really, really important because um, we see ourselves here to, to service the community as well. And um, we have a large Māori and Pacifica um, community, and um, we just we just want our our area and our club to be um, a space, an inclusive space where everyone, all family members, kids running around, playing touch, and everything, um, how how it should look. So um, we're really proud of that. You're celebrating 50 years at Kearney's Road coming up. Do you have anything special planned for it? We do, we do. Um, that's right. So next month in May, it's it's 50 years since we've been um, we've been on the site, and um, on the Friday we're we're hosting a dinner, which um, Willie Hines is actually speaking at. Um, a really great Linwood man. He um, he's um, going to front the Q and A and and that part of the the celebrations for the weekend. Um, we're hosting Lincoln University here on the Saturday, and um, with more celebrations in the club and. We're hoping um, lots of people will be travelling from Australia and New Zealand um, to come and, and join us in the celebrations of the 50th. So special to have people like Willie come back. And just lastly, I guess how inspiring is that for all the players and people involved with Linwood to have, you know, so many players who have gone on to hire honours, as we touched on earlier, but, you know, just how inspiring is it? Oh, look, it's really inspiring. And, and last year at our junior um, prize giving, we had Owen Franks and, and Willie there. Um, and just for the kids and the families, they can all just relate to them. They're just l- lovely men. Um, and we're really, really proud of them. And then for them to come and give back to their club is um, super, super important and sort of be visible and there for the kids. And you can imagine all the mums and dads getting selfies and things as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really great feeling. I love that. Perfect. Thanks so much and all the best for the rest of the season and congratulations on having yet another All Black, uh, you know, someone join the ranks. I know. We're, we're, we're so, so proud, as I've probably said too many times. But, hey, look, yeah, thank you for that and um, look forward to, to talking again.
That segment proudly sponsored by Melray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. And that's it for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner this week. I've been your host, Jordan Oppett, filling in for Frankie. The mail runs up next. We'll see you next time.